Hey, it's time again to ride the pipeline. You're not just surfing the web, you're riding the sales pipeline with your host, Matt Hines from Hines Marketing. Hey, Matt. How we doing? I'm doing good. You ready to ride the surf the pipeline today here? Let's get it on. All right. Let's get it on. Thank you, everyone, again, for joining us. Sales Pipeline Radio. So excited to have you here. Uh, we're having a ton of fun with this show. We've had some great guests. Uh, I'll introduce our guest today uh, very shortly and uh, has a great guest coming up we'll talk about here in a little bit. Big, I uh, can't believe it's already February. It's the uh, first week of February. January is already over. Someone told me uh, a happy new year this morning, and I had to think about that for a second. And uh, it does feel like we were just watching the Rose Bowl parade just a couple days ago, and here we are already coming up on Valentine's Day. Day, which I am also woefully far behind on, but uh, that's not what we're here to talk about. I want to uh, just quickly uh, just uh, talk about our, our guest today. I am. I. This is one of those where we have some amazing guests, but this one for sure, I'm just not worthy. Uh, for those of you that know Aaron Ross, you may either you know him or you know of him. Uh, many, if you are in uh, B2B sales, if you're in software as a service sales, I'm sure you're familiar with his book, Predictable Revenue. Aaron wrote the book based on the work that he did with Salesforce.com uh, in its very early days. I mean, literally taking that company from $5 million a year to $100 million a year, which, uh, given how big it is now, sounds small, but anyone who's worked at a small company knows how monumental a change that is going from a $5 million to $100 million a year company. His system and the backbone of his system, Predictable Revenue, has helped sales organizations nationwide, uh, really worldwide, develop their own predictable, repeatable revenue streams. And Aaron, before we get into not only the work you've been doing in the book, but in, in your new book, uh, From Impossible to Inevitable, which I want to talk a bit about, um, there's something that is on a lot of your bios that probably people don't know the backstory on, but always wondered. Uh, and that's the idea that you were a dad of nine going on 12. So Aaron, first of all, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Happy to be here. And yeah, and 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 before we get into into the real work, um, I mean, you for those you know for those of you who get emails from Aaron, you know that family is a big big part of his life. He's always talking about his kids. Uh, but talk a little more about what nine going on twelve means. Oh man! By the way, if you hear any background noise, like screaming, like we keep adding kids, and so I, I don't have any. <laughs> I, I started with offices at home, but then at some point I always get kicked out of them, and so I have to work from closets. Like I've I've been doing Snapchat for fun, and anyway, yeah, closets. Empty rooms, laundry rooms, cars have become my new home offices. Goodness. Uh, we just get squeezed out. But, yeah. You know, like, at, actually, any day now we're waiting for a call to go to Florida because we're adopting a new baby there who's being born any hour a day now. And there's two more boys we're adopting, 11 year olds from China. I'm going out to China in March. So then we'll be at 12. But um, I think ultimately, like, I never expected to have a big family. On one hand, it's, I think I've learned. I only got married five years ago, so I'm going from zero to 12 kids in less than five years. This is probably a different book on hyperscaling families, but it's been, um, I feel like building a family for me has been sort of my emotional wealth, and building a business has been financial wealth. They're related. I think what's different about me, at least either from what I've learned and what I like people to understand, is that they're not in conflict. Having a family has been the number one motivator for me to, to have to grow my business. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's other benefits, but again, they're they're more complimentary for me. Not uh, it's not something where oh, my family takes away from my career because it doesn't. It enhances it. That's amazing. Yeah, I've got, I have three young kids, and there's days when I feel like I'm barely holding on. So nine, let alone twelve, no, uh, just it sounds impossible. To your your point, though, you know, I think there is something about 
uh, a family and, and and not not just having a, a spouse but having kids that 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 completely rely on you that for me at least sort of change my perspective on I don't know what I'm doing at work but also change my perspective on why I'm doing it yep everything and uh, you know by the way I think we we got the point it was harder to get to five kids after that I think we had more systems and then going from five to twelve has been quite easier than from two to five. I really, really hope my wife's not listening to this show right now. You know, we've talked about being done, and every once in a while, she I think she would keep going forever, honestly. I think she's uh, – oh, we both love our kids, but uh – all right. Anyway, let's uh, let's let's talk a little business. I think um, you know, for those of you that for, I want to just quickly address any listeners who you know for some reason have been living under a rock and are not familiar with you and your work. Uh, talk a little bit about predictable revenue. Maybe sort of like you know, you know, sort of highlight the work you did at Salesforce and sort of where predictable revenue came to be. It's funny because that book came out four years ago, and we're actually here talking today because the new book is coming out next week. But predictable revenue. Uh, you know, it's, it's funny now it's been called the sales bible for Silicon Valley, but I think there were three ideas, you know, it's about three big ideas that really shook people up in the way they thought about sales. And the first is that the book is all about how at Salesforce.com, like you said, I was there. Um, Salesforce wasn't growing the way it wanted to be in certain in the enterprise segment, mid market enterprise. They had tons of inbound leads. But they're all mostly small business leads. And I helped create a, a prospecting system and called Cold Calling 2.0. I couldn't think of a better name as much as I never liked that name. But, you know, they basically prospecting without making cold calls. That was very systematic and being able to generate quality appointments. And we were able to generate basically all the appointments we needed for our sales team that helped us double how fast we were growing and wrote the book about that. A lot of companies now, outbound has become hot again. I think for years it was this ugly thing that people hated because content marketing was so hot. Uh, now outbound's hot. And, you know, to me, I think I love inbound. I love outbound. You know, two great tastes, a great taste, great together. But predictable revenue, again, there's like maybe three, it's called the three big ideas. You know, first, you have to specialize your sales teams. If you want a, a sales team, or if you have people who sell and you want them to be effective and be able to grow it, you have to specialize them. Instead of generalists, where everyone is doing their own prospecting, respond to inbound leads, closing, and managing accounts. You have specialized roles where prospectors prospect, closers close. You know, you've got post-sales roles like account management or customer success. And if you have inbound leads, you have inbound lead qualifiers, right? You have to do that in some way, shape, or form. That's one. Two, is that you grow your business not by doubling your, you know, you double the revenue not by doubling your sales team, but by doubling your pipeline, right, through predictable lead generation, the predictable lead generation is required in order to create predictable revenue. And so, and you can't do that unless you specialize your sales teams. And the third point is, uh, I think it's different. This idea of there's different types of leads. You know, a lead is not a lead is not a lead. Uh, you know, so in the book, I laid out seeds, nets, and spears. And these three types, word of mouth, marketing, prospecting. And why they're all great, but they're all different. They've got their pros and cons. And depending on your business and the stage, you may need to focus on one versus another. And uh, the, the example in that book, I think, what resonate is if you, you know, had 10,000 leads last year and you did 10 million in revenue, and usually to double your revenue, you can't double your leads. Right? So next year, you don't need 20,000 leads to get to 20 million. You probably need like five times as many leads because you're going to need a different mix of leads. And they're of different qualities. 
So, I mean, what I've heard from people, I've gotten so many emails from people who said, my business has been transformed primarily because I specialized my sales team. I, we doubled our results just because I specialized. So that's, uh, it's the number one thing I tell people they have to do if they're not doing it yet. It's not uh, overestimating or overqualifying to say that this book, Predictable Revenue, has, has been maybe the most influential book for B2B salespeople in the last four to five years. I think maybe Predictable Revenue and, and the Challenger Sale tend to be quoted and used most often. And I think the, just the mm-hmm. idea clearly of specialization, uh, but also of, of lead segmentation. And the idea of Nets and Spears continues to work today. You know, we've got this, this enormous focus on account-based marketing from B2B marketers that is based on the premise of the fact that, you know, hey, we can't just wait for leads to come in the door. Our inbound uh, marketing doesn't really give us control over quantity and quality. We need to be a lot more focused on what we need and, and be a little more precise. And what I love about that now, too, is you got sales and marketing teams working together on that. So if anyone wants to learn more about uh, the book Predictable Revenue, if you haven't read it, definitely check out PredictableRevenue.com. Lots of great content, great articles there. Uh, but we're mostly here to talk about the new book. Uh, very, very excited about From Impossible to Inevitable. I feel like it's a it's a coup that we have Aaron here today. And it's a, uh, you know, we've got we have a scoop because this is a book that is launching next uh, uh, next week, I believe, next Tuesday. So, very excited to talk about uh, the, the book. Maybe just uh, before we had to break here, give us a, give us the kind of backstory of you know where this book came to be. Why did you? Why and how did you decide that it was time to, to write the next book? Yeah, well, this is the book. This is the book you start with. Um, it actually updates predictable revenue in some ways. But the reason this book is written, it's partly because I went from you know I'm going from five to twelve kids, so I had like the motivation to grow. And probably because I just have this, I had the same conversations, and so is my co-author, Jason Lemkin. We have these same conversations over and over and over again with companies who struggle to grow. It's the same conversations. And so we sort of wrote this book together, and there's these seven parts, but the different parts are that really the template for growth that the fast, a lot of the fastest growing companies in the world follow. Like Zenefit went from one to 100 million in two years, or even Salesforce, uh, others, but it's like, you know, it's not rocket, it's not this rocket science. It's just why repeat all the mistakes that we and others have made. If we could put this into a book, like here's all this wisdom, you know, you don't need to do a call. Just read the book first. Like just read the book and it will answer, you know, your life will be changed because of at least one of these seven things. I guarantee it or we guarantee it. How to grow faster. It's a growth book, not a sales book. So Love it. the last thing I- is it. It'll answer, you know, why, yeah, just why you're not growing first. Like, you will know why you're not growing or why you're struggling if you read this book to start. Yeah, I can't recommend this book enough. I was lucky enough to get an early copy uh, of the book. It's coming out next Tuesday from Impossible to Inevitable. You can learn more about the book right now at the uh, website fromimpossible.com. Uh, you can pre-order a copy. There's a great set of uh, of gifts uh, available to those that, that, that uh, download the book in advance. There's a chance to get some free tickets to the Saster Conference. There's uh, some other awesome resources available online. So go to fromimpossible.com to check that out. We're going to Take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. The Vanilla Group, Inc. is the only firm that delivers telebased lead generation programs exclusively for enterprise technology providers. They achieve results five times higher than industry standards for outbound lead generation based on the research published by implementing their unique Telesales 2.0 methodology. The Vanilla Group is an award-winning leader in this space, and they get results like no other firms. The Vanilla Group supports firms from Fortune 500 companies to startups, 
To learn more, visit BuildPipeline.com or call 888-335-0340. That's 888-335-0340. Whether you're producing a seminar series, user's conference, lunch and learn, or exhibiting at a trade show, Validar has a solution. From capturing leads at trade shows to managing on-site registration, tracking session attendance, gathering information, and providing sponsors lead retrieval, we have a full suite of solutions for you. Since 2005, Validar has been turning corporate events and trade shows into better business. Call 888-784-2929 or visit us at Validar.com. All right, let's pick it back up with Matt and his guest. Awesome. Thanks very much. Well, uh, you listen to Sales Pipeline Radio. We've got uh, a great guest today talking about his new book. It's, we've got Aaron Ross, the author of Predictable Revenue, his new book, From Impossible to Inevitable. Got a great lineup of guests coming up over the next few weeks as well. Uh, our next guest is going to be Josiane Fagon, who is an inside selling expert, has written a number of books, and has published her predictions for inside sales in 2016. So we'll be talking a bit about that. Have Megan Eisenberg, uh, the CMO of MongoDB in a couple weeks. She's going to be talking more about modern marketing, the role of marketing technology. And just booked hot off the presses uh, in uh, March, we are going to have Trish Bertuzzi, who is the CEO of The Bridge Group and the author of the new book, Sales Development Playbook. Uh, if you are in sales development, if you're doing inside sales, this is a must read. It's And if you know Trish, it has her uh, her trademark wit uh, and uh, it's just a fun read. So excited to have those upcoming guests but let's talk a little more about this new book, Aaron. I, you know, I think you, um, you, and it's speaking of people that have a great voice and are, are fun to read. I, I just, you know, the, the stuff that you publish, not only, you know, predictable revenue, but your content online, the emails you send out, it's just got such a great voice. And this book's no different. Talk a little bit, some of the highlights of things that you highlight in this book. Some, what are some of the most common, uh, uh, challenges or mistakes that you referenced earlier before the break that companies are making that are in this book? Okay. Well, yeah, there's three I like to share. To start, you know, I mentioned the first chapter of the new book is called Nail a Niche. And each of so these seven parts, parts, and the first one, uh, they each have a painful truth. And you know, number one is you're not ready to grow. Until you nail a niche. And this comes from Jason and myself. Again, we, people come to us and they say, hey, we, we're ready to grow. We've hit product market fit or we just need leads. And, and sometimes they do, but a lot of times they, they don't grow, right? All the money they spend on marketing or sales is, is wasted because they weren't ready to grow in the first place. If you're struggling to grow, if you, you feel like you're not getting the results from marketing or prospecting, this will tell you why. And so one of the ideas from this chapter, and there's a bunch of them in there, is that you know there's this huge gap between you know, growing organically from people who've heard of you or word of mouth to being able to grow with outbound marketing or outbound prospecting. And it's not like the gap between moving from San Francisco to San Diego more like the gap between moving from San Francisco to China. And people vastly underestimate how much harder it is to grow through outbound, you know, marketing to people who don't know you, however that is in marketing and prospecting, compared to some sort of uh, prior relationships or networks or word of mouth. Way harder. We, did, we go explain why that is and what to do about it. But that's the first one. Like, you're not going to be able to grow until you get ready to put yourself in a place to be able to grow in the first place, in other words. There's another one I think is, is part five is really important for people. It's really about the journey, but the painful truth for part five is it's going to take years longer than you want. And that's important. So until, so you have to be able to do the time. Yep. And absolutely, especially with, 
Yeah, so the, we touch on things like why people feel so impatient. Right? There's this reality distortion field we live in. We're surrounded by success, right? social media, because everyone posts all their successes on social media, and maybe 95%, get a new job, raise money, sold a company, lost 20 pounds, got married, blah, blah, blah. So we're constantly surrounded by other people succeeding. At least that's our perception. While we, you, struggle, I, 95% of our days dealing with the problems we're facing. And because that's what entrepreneurs do, whether you're like an individual entrepreneur with your career or a CEO. And so this feeling of, hmm, everyone's succeeding, I'm struggling, like, why is it so hard for me? Well, it's not. Everyone, you're exactly where you need to be. Mm-hmm. You're not doing anything wrong. You just got to be able to can, do the time, and it takes seven to ten years to accomplish that really big goal you've had. So that's, I think it's a really important point, because the thing is, if you, if you give up too soon, or if you don't you know, keep taking the steps, that, that's the problem people face, or basically unfair self-criticism. Like when you're when you're struggling and you you need to struggle, you can't create something great without the struggle. Uh, yep. it's okay. Everyone goes through that. Yeah, and I think those are, those sometimes are the the uh, the easy to hear, easy to say kind of lessons that are really hard to do in practice. And I want to talk uh, in a second about you know one of the other points uh, that's made in the book around employee ownership. But just want to highlight you know the on on your website you know on the fromimpossible dot com. Uh, not only can you learn more about Aaron, learn more about Jason, learn more about the book, but there's some great packages up here. Um, you know if you're just going to buy one copy of the book, it's it's pretty impressive. You're getting a PDF of predictable revenue. You're getting a cold call. 2.0 guide. Um, you're getting a ton of great freebies just by buying one book. But I know a lot of sales teams and a lot of you know even just management teams are buying a book for everybody. And so there's some great packages up mm-hmm. here where if you buy five books, you add ten books. There's even more freebies available. You want to talk a little bit about some of those uh, bundled deals you've got? Go up to ten thousand books. But well, we've heard <laughs> people say, you know, on Twitter, you know, I'm buying it for my whole team or everyone. This should be a high school text. I don't think anyone's seen a book like this. I really don't. It's just different. It's totally different than predictable revenue. It does update and refresh what's in predictable revenue. Right? So if you had to choose, you know, choose from impossible first, obviously if you do, if you pre-order it, you get predictable revenue PDF included. But, you know, we're trying to, it's such an important book. I mean, there's thinking here or just people need to hear. You know, again, like this, you're not ready to grow until you do these things. Um, it takes a lot longer than you think. The last chapter is called Define Your Destiny. It's really written it's for the owner of a business or a leader. It's all the things you want your employees to hear. You either don't want to tell them or that you're sick of repeating. So things like, you know, what I, I hear, maybe what I've seen is that a lot of the younger people, especially 20-somethings, get bored fast. You know, there's not enough advancement. I don't have enough responsibility, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Well, there's a chapter, I mean, like a, a piece of this last section, which is called your company's not your mom and your daddy. It's like these kinds of messages that, you know, you, can, you can't, your company's, their job is not to keep you entertained all the time. Their job, company's job is not to keep you happy all the time, right? It, their job is 50% is to create an environment that's helpful or constructive, but the employees need to take responsibility too, where they have to, like, if they get bored fast, like, they need to figure out how to keep themselves entertained, how to keep themselves learning, or else every time they quit a job, they're just going to, like, spend you know, their entire career job hopping. No matter where they go, that's where they're going to be. And so the sort of the company doesn't have to take full responsibility. The employee needs to take more for how they're going to advance their career, how they're going to keep themselves interested. I've, I've had a lot of millennials say, you nailed 
my company, my, you know, for me, hmm. now I know how to advance my career. You, you nailed it for me. Right? Yeah. I was being too entitled. Like yeah. Now I have a better sense for how to contribute to the company rather than basically complain or sort of just do the minimum. Like, why should I go above and beyond my job description? Now I get it. Yeah, and I would, I would agree that it's really up to, you know, individuals to sort of, you know, to your point, define their own destiny. But you also talk in the book about, you know, the, the role and onus on companies and executives to create a culture that, that drives, uh, people wanting to take an initiative. Uh, real quick, talk a little bit about that idea of embracing employee ownership. And if you can give maybe just quickly, you know, one or two sort of, you know, sort of best practices or one or two things that, that companies can do to, to embrace and do, to, to, to do that. Yeah. Now I will say this company, this book is not a, a culture book. The company, this book is not a management book. It's not even a sales book. It's a growth book. And so mm-hmm. what creates faster growth are things like, this is nailing a niche. And there's, there's parts on lead generation. There's parts on making your sales team scalable, increasing deal sizes and so on. But like you said, an important, like if you're a leader, it doesn't matter. You can have the best idea in the world, but if your employees aren't bought in, you're not going to get this. You can't do it alone. Right? And they're not going to really put their all into it or put anything into it unless they're buying in in some way. And what's missing, I think, from a lot of cultures, and I'm not saying this is easy, but what's missing is employee ownership, but employee emotional ownership, where they feel like, yes, I want to do my best. I'm not just doing the minimum because that's like what my job says. I actually want to put my best in, and I want to do more. I want to take the initiative like, what would it be like if your employees didn't have to wait around to be told what to do all the time? Because mm-hmm. frankly, most of them do, right? What owner says, you know, my employees, they're, they're contributing too much. I, I can't keep up. No, owners or leaders, right? Any managers, it's like, why don't my employees sort of think more like me? Take the Why don't they just like find, see the problem and solve it without bug, having their hands being having to be held all the time? So one of the ideas here in that chapter, or that part is... And by the way, the painful truth for part six, the painful truth is your employees are renting, not owning their jobs. And it's called embrace employee ownership. And it's about how an employee or a person doesn't have full emotional ownership unless they're the single public owner of that, you know, role. And plus they, they have the decision-making authority over whatever they're doing. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's more details on like how to do it and what that means. But again, it's things like letting, even when it's not, um, even when you so desperately want to help them with a the decision, like you have to let them make their decisions, even when you, they're wrong. Yep. If you, anytime you make a decision for them, you're stealing that opportunity to practice that decision-making skill, which can be very hard for people, especially if they've really been growing up where all their decisions were made by their by their parents. Awesome. Hey, uh, Aaron, really appreciate your time. I know you're crazy busy and in very high demand, but we appreciate you jumping on the on the show today. Really excited about the new book. For those of you who want to check it out, go to fromimpossible.com. The name of the book is From Impossible to Inevitable. Uh, you can pre-order a copy of the book. You can get a free excerpt from the book at the website, so definitely check that out. If you want to check out this episode again, if you want to check out past episodes of Sales Pipeline Radio, just go to salespipelineradio.com. You'll get every past episode up there and Anytime. We'll join us again uh, next Thursday, same time, same place. New guests, more sales pipeline. Thanks again very much to Aaron Ross, our guest today. Thanks, everyone, for joining. This has been Sales Pipeline Radio. You haven't just been riding the waves and looking at the Internet. You've been surfing the sales pipeline with Matt Hines from Hines Marketing.